0: Okay, keep going.
1: Dancing didn't go well? Of
2: course dancing didn't go well. Appa is a terrible dancer. Get into this new world. Thanks, Appa! Hello and welcome back to What You Talking? A Kim's Convenience Podcast. And today we're going to talk about date night. Uh, joining me is Ruby. Hello! And our special guest today is Jay. Hey, everybody. How's it going? great it's great to have you back this is the first episode in season two that we have you back for and uh if you've heard season one jay's been in at least three episodes so yeah mm-hmm. so what are your overall
0: thoughts about season two i love it it's a continuation of just excellence a lot of humor a lot of um stories i relate to as well too it's non-stop entertainment
2: so one interesting thing unique thing about uh the kim's family and the show is of course jung is sort of estranged from the family i'm mm-hmm. kind of wondering how typical that is in the like of course uh, i imagine that korean people would talk within this kind of community about oh you know this is whatever's son is whatever um did that actually happen in the community or is this kind of a one-off mm-hmm.
0: oh for sure it has because again being korean traditionally our parents are very strict Mm -hmm. high standards like for example Mm -hmm. one thing that i would like to see more in the show and i got it's not a criticism or anything but you know it's just a a tidbit that would add yeah to the entertainment of the show is when it came to our report cards (laughs) (laughs) as a korean kid report card day was like judgment day (laughs) (laughs) it was like the coming of jesus so um that day you would either sweat or you would either feel like you're on death row. Yeah. Mm. You bring your report card, you show your parents. Um, sometimes you'd be very proud, but sometimes you know that you're just <laughs> getting ready to be
1: executed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> parents would open up your report card. Wow, looks good. You have all A's. That's how it should be. Mm. And then let's say you weren't studying too hard, or, if, you find it, or um, if you're slacking off, let's say you got a B or a C. Boom! <laughs> Execution. You have a B and a C? That means no video game for you. I want you to go in the room and I want you to study three or four more hours because I want you all A's, okay? <laughs> I want you to go to the university. I don't want you to be the garbage man. <laughs> <laughs> Again, typical Korean thread. If you didn't succeed, you became a garbage
2: man. Surprisingly, they get paid a lot.
1: Yeah, they get paid pretty well. They and get like benefits, really well, yeah. So.
2: <laughs> but we we're talking about it also as well. I mean, uh, as you pointed out, that the Kims kind of miss telling part of the story of, like, I guess the childhood of a second generation kid kind of growing up because, of course, Janet and Jung are already older. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you mentioned was uh, the conservative values uh, of oh. when they're. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. When it came to the way you
0: dressed, how you acted, the way you walked around. Is very militant. I'd say military regimented. Oh wow! <laughs> yes, for like for example, like I remember even when it came to your hair. I remember coming back from a vacation one year, and I had a, I had a really short buzz cut or a flat top. And at <laughs> the time, most Korean kids would have like the. T- Typical bowl cutter long <laughs> Bruce Lee hair. Our parents would be frugal. And so they would actually cut our hairs ourselves. Yeah. And so um, when I came back, I remember my mom was so pissed. All I remember her is going, "Jaya, you cut your hair? Why? Why would you do that? You look like a punk. Everyone going to think you a punk. Everyone going to think you a gangster. <laughs> so again, stuff like that when it came to haircuts
2: or the way you dressed. Yeah. I guess parents would sort of do this like show and tell thing where uh, they call you down and I guess show the kids greatest achievement or greatest strength. And yes. I, I mean we we both did martial arts. We come from a martial yes. arts family as well, so.
0: <laughs> and then when it came to myself, I was always involved in martial arts or karate. Yeah. So then uh, my mom would tell all the other fellow um Korean school mm. uh Mothers and fellow convenience store owner uh, moms, yeah. My uh, my son Jay got his black belt when he was twelve, and he was in a newspaper. And mm. then all of a sudden, <laughs> um, her friends would come up, and he'd be like, "Jay, Jay, oh, you black belt! Incredible!" Ah show, show, sidekick heba means show me your sidekick. So basically the Korean way to test to show how good you were in martial arts is to demonstrate a sidekick. So yeah. I do all kinds of sidekicks and then show off my cutters, which are these um, patterns that we yeah. have to do for our mm. uh, belt or black belt testing mm. which shows our skills. So I'd throw a flashy sidekick and all of a sudden you would hear, yeah, very
2: good. Amazing. You keep up high look. Yeah. So that would be your typical reaction. Yeah, you get enough of these kids and families together, you basically got a talent show going on. Pretty much.
0: Before uh, America's got talent, you (laughs) had Korean families got talent. (laughs) Korea's family got talent. We
2: show Taekwondo skill, violin, singing. Uh, So another thing we were also discussing was kind of the legacy of these. Now, of course, this is uh, all these store owners who... Uh, who have been running their business for years and then their second-generation kids have grown up. A lot of them, as we discussed, uh, most of the kids have moved out and not continued with the businesses. Is that right? That's true. I guess
0: what have to, had to, it has to do with growing up early, a lot of times more opportunities were in the city. So as yeah. the younger generation went out to university, they found their career jobs in the city, whatnot. Mm. And so um, I guess that totally messed up plans for these parents to have their kids take over the store. So, yeah, yeah. Um, But I noticed nowadays a lot of the, um, the, the the Koreans that ran the stores, they've actually moved off from doing that, doing other things now.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I wonder what uh, especially new families coming to Canada do because you're right. I don't see a lot of convenience store owners or variety store owners being Korean these days.
0: Yes, yeah, because back in like the the Late 70s or early 80s, you'd always see like a Kim's convenience, a Lee's convenience, mm-hmm. choice, choice convenience, <laughs> choice,
1: <laughs>
2: choice. right? Maybe that'll be a thing in the future episode, but uh, competition, yeah, maybe in uh, maybe what they're doing is because like a lot of K pop culture is very, uh, very very popular right now maybe what they're doing is they're selling bootleg things like bootleg BTS signatures oh I'm just gonna sign just like Korean people oh they don't know difference
0: (laughs) these fans Canadian fans they don't know if it's authentic Korean or (laughs) not heck, even like going out to certain um, grocery stores, I actually seen a couple of uh, on a side note, yeah, BTS hand cream posters. Hand cream wow. posters. So I'm pretty much these Korean families are making bootleg <laughs> lotion. <laughs> BTS approved the hand lotion. Dance around the number one and have a
2: best moisturized skin. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know you want to make sure your ki- your skin is as shiny and. Good looking as those uh, K-pop Oh yes, these are
0: shiny and they're good looking These are pretty So you want to be pretty like them? You use a BTS hand cream and a a face wash
2: and a lotion kit (laughs) So jumping into the episode of course uh, I try to break it up into parts I'm going to cover the intro And in this episode there's only two different parts I put how Appa got his groove back But he didn't really have a groove And the only thing I can see Or the walkway Uh, so when we cover the intro uh, of course this is I guess kind of touching up on the vices again you have that guy who's coming into the convenience store to get his certain brand of literature which he's finding I guess is uh, going extinct now with the dawn of the internet Mm -hmm. everything's available And, and it's funny that the Kim's Kim's convenience kind of touches on these vices for these characters as well. Uh, You got Appa, who, again, he has his secret whiskey, poker chip, cigar, and bathroom magazine. And, uh, you know, how much she has, she has her smoking. Uh, The other funny thing that uh, comes up is, I guess, a, a recurring theme of paranoia and conspiracy theories, right? This guy's coming in, like, the reason why he's buying these magazines is because he doesn't want to know what. Uh, he doesn't want other people knowing what he's clicking on and what he's doing. And it's kind of a reoccurring thing between uh, Appa, even himself, and some other customers like the guy, the battery guy who comes is like, yeah, why do batteries come in this kind of pack? And then it eventually leads to talk about aliens and corporations. <laughs> and Appa himself, he's like, you know, Korea used to be spelled with a C.
0: Yes, it was a C, but then uh, it became a K because of Japan is a J. And so in alphabet 26 alphabet lineup, J comes in front of the K. So J is the number one and K the number two.
2: <laughs> and let's not forget the best before dates because that's a conspiracy theory too. So jumping into... Uh, I guess the first part is really about the date night between Appa and, and um and the way I kind of saw it is that it, it's kind of a conflict of uh, what Janet kind of saw between a long-term marriage that Appa and Amma have been kind of going through for the last 20-something years and uh, Janet's taken what a marriage should be at least in a uh, kind of romanticized eyes of a 20-year-old, right? Because, mm. you know, up uh, on that first scene they're walking out and they're saying oh we're going date driving night. range oh. and we're going yeah sorry they say it's a date night yeah but then you know they're doing their separate things one's going dancing one's going to do golf right <laughs> and then Janet's like wait that that's so wrong that's what? not a date <laughs> so I I just want to throw that out there how realistic is that in a real I guess I, I I'll just Narrow it to Asian families. I guess other people can talk about their own families, but in terms of Asian families, how do do you feel that's sort of right, or is it Janet's right in that sense? In a way, in a certain way, I'd say
0: Janet's right. Even like with my parents, my parents were both into dancing; they both took took dancing lessons together, and they Mm -hmm. both golfed together. Yeah, but I do see how they would go off and do their own separate hobbies. Like my mom would sometimes go out with her um,
2: friends to go out for coffee or maybe dinner while my dad would go out with all his uh, buddies to go golfing. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I imagine that people who are running variety stores don't really have time to do dating things because primarily they're the primary workers in their own stores, right? They're either taking turns uh, running the store and of course they're all family doing it. In this case they have Janet who's the buffer between the two. (laughs) So time together is really precious if they get that time together. Or even free time at all. In most cases, let's say there's a shift
0: overlay. Let's say, for example, my mom opens up the store, she works from seven to seven in the morning to one in the afternoon, whereas my dad would come in for 11. And so you have that one hour overlay, and that's pretty much their time together. And then my mom would go off to go to a restaurant
2: and my dad later on would go off to go golf with his buddies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I guess Appa kind of sums it up for Janet to get her to understand. He said, 28 years ago, we date. Now we married. We stopped dating. (laughs) It's just because, I guess, in a long-term time span, I guess in their relationship, that, that sort of worked out. But I mean, on the other side... Your parents decided to do things together, to go dancing, to go golfing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like like I said before, they took dancing lessons together, and then sometimes they would go golfing together. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of times my dad would go off with his buddies, all these other um, convenience store owners for golf.
2: I mean, speaking from my own experience doing family business as well, my parents do work together as Mm -hmm. well. And they typically, I mean, they're pretty much together most of the time. <laughs> so they, they do do their own stuff outside of the work because, of course, uh, as I guess it comes to eventually in the episode, you know, when you're together so much, you want kind of a part-time together. Mm-hmm. You want your well. own time yeah, to do your exactly, own Yeah, exactly, exactly. So in that sense, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to gauge what it is because, I mean, there's also that family business aspect of it because not all parents work together, so... Mm-hmm. Different dynamics for everything, and I guess that's what Janet comes to know eventually. But uh, other times that Amma and Appa have gone on a date in the series so far, well, I guess you could kind of say that in Wingman when uh, yeah, that <laughs> went out with uh, Mr. Chin, and uh, I guess Amma, fifth wheeled no, sixth wheeled, I don't know, I don't fifth know, wheeled. Yeah. yeah, um, and well silent auction they go for a walk and they're all dressed up really nicely <laughs> you know she's in her fur coat they're being batman's parents is up saying and otherwise it's mostly business um in resting place they they go to try to sell that plot to that mm. um to that couple well
1: they were going to take it at first <laughs> yeah. take it back take it back <laughs> and
2: then eventually they're going to go sell it uh the hospital, I mean, to check Appa's lump. Or mm. otherwise, it's just church-related stuff, like in service. It's funny that Appa kind of talks about golf and the driving range, because I really feel it's reflective of that generation for some reason. And I remember our uncle, Uncle Thomas, he was always saying to me when we are growing up, you know, you should learn the golf. It's a very good skill for the business. The reason
0: why it's a good skill hmm, is because you go out, you network. <laughs> they teach you how to build relationships
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so would you say in the Korean community that all the guys golfed
0: back then growing up um, in the 80s and 90s oh for sure all the um, all the fathers would go out golfing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every time they would
2: go out for 18 18 holes and so it's a social gathering for them mm-hmm. I, I- don't remember if I left this in in an episode of the podcast, but people usually ask me, what's a good Korean restaurant to go to? And I say, you know, it's always best to go to the ones where you actually see Koreans going to. And one indication of it is to see if they have the golf special. Now, what a golf special is is, it's basically sort of a, I guess the equivalent of a happy hour special. happy
0: hour for the golfers to come back after playing a round of uh,
2: 18 holes. Exactly, and the golf special is basically, you would get some main dish with side dishes as well, and it comes in a package with beers or soju as well. And
0: you get snacks like your peanuts,
2: dried bananas. (laughs) Yeah, perfect for right after just socializing. And you can tell who these golfers are, because they'll be the loudest table in the restaurant
0: also the most tan from being out in the sun this <laughs> summertime so if you see a group of let's say minimum six korean middle-aged guys are over in a corner just laughing and and just whooping it up you can tell they came from the golf course then that's you can tell that's a good korean restaurant
2: <laughs> so yeah yeah so in season two i noticed there are a lot of pol- pop culture references and sometimes i don't catch them all like in a previous episode they mentioned kegney and Lacey, bonnie and clyde i think i mentioned on another episode yep. this season uh, but in this episode they mentioned something about cool hand luke and i, I was just like what the hell are they talking about when oppa references that you know uh once i ate 60 chicken wings then cool hand luke only ate 50 and then uh janet goes oh but he ate eggs and like, yeah baby chicken. <laughs> and Cool Hand Luke is actually a movie that's from the 1960s where basically a war vet goes to prison and in an attempt to like gain respect <coughs> of other prisoners, basically in this bet he eats 50 eggs within an hour. Oh. Yeah, can anybody really do that? Eat 50 eggs? I can barely I don't even think I can eat Fifty wings at that time the most I can eat is maybe
0: eight eggs <laughs> <laughs> Drilling, and that's a lot of protein yeah like I'm big into working out but when it came to 50 eggs whew.
2: yeah I, I think that guy would be throwing up that I, I can't even imagine those guys who like break those raw eggs and then eat the raw eggs like no kidding like doing uh, it uh, raw- <laughs> I'm
1: sure you would throw up if you had 50 raw eggs
0: uh, salmonella poisoning yeah too. <laughs>
2: I find it interesting that, again, in character development point of view, that Janet and Appa get in this dialogue of... Um, of course, Janet's trying to help her in o- her own way, trying to convince Appa that Amma wants you there to go dancing and stuff. And during this uh, dialogue about the 50 eggs, the 60 chicken wings, that he, he says, I have so much courage, but dancing in front of people makes me nervous. Which really, for Appa, like, it either shows... Massive character growth because, I mean, he's really showing this raw moment of vulnerability or the writers just forgot he's like a hard ass and he doesn't really <laughs> do this stuff. But uh, yeah, like if we think back to Appa's lump when he had that big ass lump on his back, he had such a hard time to open up and tell people that, hey, I'm sick. I probably should get this checked out or something. Lots of pride. Yeah. Lots of ex- pride. Lots of pride. Lots of just... Didn't want to show any type of weakness. Exactly. Exactly. And this is like totally the opposite where she's, where he's admitting that, hey, I, I'm not comfortable dancing.
1: Well, I think they are. They always had that talk about it before. Right. Because Appa also told Emma, I can't remember the episode where Dancing Bear came to visit mm-hmm. and he to- told her, he's like, I like watching you dance. So that's his thing. He knows he doesn't dance and it's not like a weakness or anything. It's just that that's something that Amad does that he doesn't. Yeah. And he was willing to learn to go dance with her because he just wanted to make her happy. Like he's a hard ass kind of guy, but he's still a bit of a romantic somewhere in there deep down inside.
2: hmm. So this leads to probably one of the most funny scenes in season two. They both go in the sort of dance-off. You got Janet kind of doing her random stuff. (laughs) And then you got Appa. He's just thrusting his arms forward. And a funny thought that came to my mind when I saw that the first time. Because Paul is a very big fan of Ghostbusters. I'm picturing him doing that to the Ghostbusters theme. And it's funny that it kind of goes on the beat. That the Ghostbusters is going <laughs> through, <laughs> 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 but if you had to, if you had your say, who is the worst dancer in the Kim's family? It's obviously not umma
0: Ah, oh, I would have to say Janet. Ooh, I kind of cringe when I saw. That. <laughs> 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 no soul, no rhythm. I'm sorry, Janet.
1: <laughs> Without music, it's hard to tell.
2: That's it's true. Like she's doing a little bit of a salt and pepper shake. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny um, that that we were talking about dancing and music. It's just because recently on the social media, mm, uh, right. the Kim's account has been sharing Spotify playlists for uh, Shannon Kimchi and the Kims or I guess at least the actors, and they pick songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, their choices in music are very interesting. Like some of them kind of reflect their character. Some of them are way off base. Of <laughs> so you got Shannon uh, or Nicole. She has some little bit of Beyonce in there. <laughs> She's got some diva music in there. You got um, Jean Umma, who has a little bit more, I guess, Canadian Classical? artists oh, okay. in it. Um Surprisingly, (laughs) Paul has some, like, rap music and stuff in there. (laughs) Uh, You got Jung, uh, Simu, who has a lot of boy band stuff, Hmm. which is pretty much his list there was, like, my karaoke list. Looking (laughs) at it, there's, like, NSYNC and, like... Whole bunch of other things. He had like Back Beat- Street, Backstreet Boys, Backstreet Boys, all that <laughs> stuff. He had BTS in there too, but of course I can't sing that. But apparently he likes BTS. And the funniest one was actually Andrea, who plays uh, Janet. Janet. And um, it was basically a list from. The 1960s and 70s. You can think of all the top hits like "Twist and Shout." Uh, shoot, I forgot all the songs. But basically, if you were to look at it, it's like the greatest hits of like the 60s. Okay. And like this is so far off base. But what I I was playing through that list in my head, I was like, "Oh my god, this is kind of like her dancing. It's just so so awkward and out there." <laughs> so anyway, just a f- fun little tidbit. You can find their list on Spotify, but of course you can. Um, Look it up on the Kim's Convenience social media account. See Yeah, they post
1: it on Twitter. Or
2: Twitter, yeah. And then you should be able to find it. So, of course, you have Mr. Chin who comes into the store and he comes out to help out uh, Appa. And the funny thing is that Mr. Chin is, again, he's usually the troll. He's the one who comes in to poke fun at everyone. But Mm -hmm. this is the very, very first time that he seems very genuine to try to help Appa. Uh, I guess in the sense of being romantic or something. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Because he actually, he genuinely, he's not trying to troll him or anything. He's saying, or like no snazzy little um, jab at the end or anything like he normally does. Mm-hmm. No snarky remark. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, Mr. Chin, the guy who actually plays him, John Ning, admits that Paul in real life can actually dance. <laughs> yeah. So he's just playing a part as Appos. But yeah, I'd be willing to, it'd be interesting to see that if uh, that ever pops up. Uh, the, the, of course, the, the kicker and all this, uh, thanks to the writers, is we have Jamila Ross's character who pops <laughs> in and she's like, I want to see you finish that line after Uppa's um, stumbling to find his words to explain what's happening there. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the funniest parts. And of course, he, he trades it off for a free scratch ticket to, you say nothing, you pay nothing. <laughs> <laughs> So they cut to the dance scene mm-hmm. and one interesting tidbit about the dance scene is uh, that particular the the, the set location itself, the location yeah. is actually in the basement of the church it's not the it's location not a dance that they studio. show the, <laughs> yeah it's not a dance studio and that was found found by Chris uh, who's... on in season one and they were on tour to see the church and they happened to go to the basement and uh, they realized hey this is a dance hall we're almost dancing mm-hmm. which is really interesting because they actually also got to see a lot of hidden stuff for uh, season <laughs> three because they left up uh, season three decorations for the church which we're not going to ruin i I'll, if you want to ask you can ask me on twitter exactly what they saw mm-hmm. or wait wait till january yeah, or wait to January, January. It's not that far away. Yeah. <laughs> Two months away. Two yeah, months away.
1: Less than that.
2: <laughs> so, of course, we see up, uh dancing stiffer than an Asian mattress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the reason why I say that, when I think back to... Uh, My childhood, I remember I always had, you know, kind of a soft bed. But at one point, my parents were literally sleeping on a wooden board. I don't know. Did your parents ever do that too?
0: No, but I remember certain relatives would always emphasize lying on pretty much a cement slab. It (laughs) would have to be a real stiff board just to make yourself taller and pop out all the kinks on your back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we grew up in a... Uh, a family with a lot of Asian medicine specialists. I mean, like all our uncles were like acupuncturists. Yes, so certified right. acupuncturists. So like
0: all I remember, I remember our uncles always telling us, oh, "Make sure you you sleep on a hard surface. Hard surface is go for back so that when you stand up straight, you're taller." <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah I remember getting a lot of acupuncture needles as a kid and like when somebody wasn't feeling uh, we heard these stories from older cousins when they were feeling a bit queasy they'd literally spin them around in something until they threw up yes yes I actually was a victim of that (laughs) one of her
0: uncles had this thing it looked like a spaceship and so you put on um, a blindfold and they would spin you around and so the inertia would make you throw up so then in their head was there a system of medicine or acupuncture or witchcraft Or whatever the hell it was <laughs> <laughs> They would bring you over to the sink and make you throw up in the sink. And basically, wow. that would expel out all the uh, the, the bad, bad energy. <laughs> hey, man, whatever works. But yeah, that, that I guess. I do remember, But yeah, going on that and spinning around. And then my uncle picked me up. And I'd feel nauseous. And I'd throw up in the sink. As I'm throwing it up in the sink, he's hitting my back, making me try to throw up more. So oh, whatever man. sickness or whatever curse I had would uh, <laughs> would come out.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we're subject to a lot of things, a lot of different herbal remedies, lots of different holistic things over certain the years. Teas. Oh. Certain
0: weird teas that we would drink oh. that would taste like sewage. Everything.
2: Oh, I, I could probably go into a whole episode of this. I hope they cover it at some point, like herbal remedies. I mean, it's 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 stuff that's worked for us over the years because both relatively healthy, but for sure. um, but yeah, it, it'd be just a f- fun how they. Uh, how they do that
0: mm-hmm.
2: so at the end I uh, and Appa of course talk and they realize that uh, the reason why Appa is there is because of course Janet has in, in, in a good sense tried to help them and hopefully bring them closer together and she, she brings up a good point. Why all, all of a sudden are you listening to her?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, since when do you listen to Janet?
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Is it just because that she started to move out and, hey, you know, she's an adult, she's kind of on her own, not really. She's still working at the store. But, uh, yeah, and then he points out, maybe the only thing wrong is we listen to Janet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the moral of that story, as the way I took it, is if it ain't broke, don't fix it or at least their old way of marriage works for them just mm-hmm. because you know they live very different lives than most people right so don't judge other people's relationships people will figure out their own shit <laughs> yeah and the the funny last line that they had this appa is a terrible dancer and then he cuts in Janet is the worst yeah <laughs> So jumping into the last part or the only other part in this episode that I called it the only thing I can see referencing the first line that uh, in the first <laughs> scene with kimchi and Jung you find out that uh, kimchi is really into sneakers and the funny mm-hmm. thing is Andrew in real life is also really into sneakers if you ever seen his uh his Instagram and his Facebook and all that stuff he literally has like a wall that's like lined with like like shelves of shoes yes
1: on display on it's display. not it's not like they're in boxes
2: yeah, like, <laughs> he legit does this for real and uh, he actually according to in social media as well he also goes to like sneaker trades as well so mm. he's, he's seriously into this and i i love how they the writers have tried to take Like, their real personalities and their real hobbies and stuff and incorporate it. Like, in another episode, we discuss a lot about how Paul's uh, fandom of the Blue Jays and Leafs and movies are all kind of tied into Appa as well. And they kind of throw in those references. And in this case, it's Kimchi. And uh, he cares a lot about his sneakers because Jung spills some burrito sauce or something on it and he freaks out
0: messes up his nice kicks
2: (laughs) yeah i i totally don't get the whole thing with like i i i get that everybody has a thing yeah everybody like bag shoes well maybe not shoes sorry that's the thing i don't get uh you know electronics and stuff but don't point at me i don't do any of those yeah i know i'm (laughs) pointing at you but everybody's got a thing but i've never understood shoes particularly why why would somebody need so many pairs of shoes Right. But
1: they don't wear them they're like collectibles, right Like they're I guess it's like collecting comics like so you might not read all of them, I, but they're worth money.
0: <laughs> I'd say for displays purposes again shoes in itself is an artwork if you see diff- if you see certain styles of shoes, the color schemes, the okay. designs yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of cool stuff. okay again you know you can always coordinate it with funky outfits and everything so I could definitely see where um, why people are into shoes definitely for sure
2: uh, so then you have Jung trying to <laughs> he's looking at Footlocker online and he's not finding the shoes and of you course get, not <laughs> and you got Janet who sorry not Janet you got Shannon who comes in and she's putting on her boss hat, saying hey what you doing you uh, can't be shopping at work. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm sure we've all done shopping at work. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely seen people doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing at work and being putting on my boss hat. <laughs> Sometimes I do have to go up to them and say, you know, listen, you're not supposed to be doing this, dude. You're mm-hmm. on company time. You're yeah. not on personal eBay time.
1: Yeah. yeah, It's
2: not something a lot of people can relate to. So I'm probably alone on this. But yeah, it's just... Oh
1: well, no, there's managers out there, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah (laughs) it's interesting that she points out uh, certain things when looking online and maybe you have some tips too because I know you're an expert online shopper like you know you know that he's 60 because he's typing all in caps so that's that's how you know I
1: use things online (laughs) like I don't go I don't search Kijiji all that much I don't search like carousel or whatever it's only when we ran our events that i had to buy used things because we don't want to pay full price for something that we're going to use once Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah
2: but there's certain places where you do buy online uh that okay so let's say for example versus my mom who's just started to get into online shopping it it became a thing where she's like i'm not going to buy online shopping i don't know what i'm i can't feel the I don't know what I'm buying. But (laughs) then then my sister showed her Alibaba or AliExpress and then she's like, Oh, everything's so cheap, but what am I buying? So then she ended up buying this dress. Yeah, yeah, dress or something. She said, Oh, this is a terrible quality. I'm never gonna buy again (laughs) (laughs) And then but then on the other hand, I mean you buy a lot of stuff off that stuff. Like how do you tell the difference between things that are good versus they're not good? Is it just trial and error?
1: Well, if you're going to go on AliExpress, you can't expre- you can't expect a good quality like Italian made dress type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what you're buying from China and that's mm-hmm. the only place it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so cheap. Mm-hmm. So, you read through all the reviews, you look for the ones that maybe people took pictures of and like wrote reviews about so that you can compare cuz mm-hmm. you're going to have the same item with 10 different sellers. Mm-hmm and maybe like slightly different prices, mm-hmm. but how do you know which one to choose, right? So if you have real feedback mm-hmm. where people are writing and taking pictures and trying it on themselves and it doesn't look like fake feedback, then you just have to take the time to go through it. Mm-hmm. But if you're buying something for like a dollar, like a cell phone cable, who cares? Mm-hmm. Just pay the dollar, wait the 30 days, and then if it doesn't work, all right, then just get another one. Or-
2: Only 30 days?
1: <laughs> sometimes or- it's more, sometimes it's less. I've actually gotten things in two weeks before. Right. Surprising. but don't ever, don't ever buy it during Chinese New Year time. Oh, that God. whole month, your item will, I say, ninety percent guarantee be lost. <laughs> coming here.
0: <laughs> Good tip I have is if you're buying shirts, no. order them two sizes larger than
1: North America. <laughs> <laughs> I've mm-hmm. had a
0: few friends that have bought shirts. Um, Coats, jackets off of these certain sites. Let's Mm. say, for example, Wish.com or whatnot. Oh, Oh, it looks real funky. Size large. Four weeks later, comes shipped from China. What the heck? It's like a kid's size.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Asian size is a little bit different. I remember the first time I went to Asia and I Mm -hmm. bought stuff. I'm like, okay, pick medium, pick medium, put it on. It's like, oh, this is not fitting so well. (laughs)
1: I remember when I was in Japan, um, I was going there for work and then all of us were not from there. And a couple of uh, my coworkers wanted to, to go shopping and the guys wanted to get some dress shirts because they didn't pack them. And when they went into the store, they were like, I don't think anything here fits me. <laughs> and the salespeople were like, oh, we have shirts that fit your body, but not your arms. <laughs> so the length of the sleeves were different.
2: So, yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about buying new stuff, but uh, the episode also covers... Well, in this case, they, they're talking about buying old stuff and mm-hmm. talk, buying from people, like, you know, your Ebay, your Kijiji, stuff yeah. like that. I've had experience selling, but never buying from these things. And yeah. uh, it, it's funny that... Uh, and this is one of my favorite, actually, Shannon episodes, because she gets a lot of airtime to... In a setting that's <laughs> outside of handy, right? Yeah. And uh, she... Begins to tell uh, Jung the walkaway technique. Mm-hmm. And she goes up to the sky and she. It, it reminded me, okay, is there a lot of haggling really in this day and age? I guess with easy transactions and easy accessibility to all these vendors. Uh, have you guys ever haggled? And if you did, what did you use for a technique?
0: I remember several times buying. Um, certain shirts off of someone, and then I wasn't happy about the price. Yeah. I, so I made an offer, and so the guy's like, oh, no, 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 I can't. That's that's too low. And I was like, you know what? Forget. I'm not interested in these shirts anymore. I'm going to go to the guy across the street. He's got better shirts than you. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> you lost your sale, buddy. And so I put a little guilt in his head, and then he would turn around, and he would say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Just take him, take him. <laughs> wow
2: yeah, it reminded me, I mean, that it's same thing and same with what Shannon was saying it. I have kind of done a version of the walkaway, kind of like you did. Um, I was in Hong Kong, and we're at one of those <laughs> markets, yeah, so like the street markets. <laughs> Uh, and I, I was told that, you know, certain vendors are going to have some good quality stuff and mm. they can be haggled with. But I had never haggled in my life because, you know, growing up in Canada, it's not really... Uh, There's no
1: such thing, really. You go yeah. to a store, you pay the price. <laughs> you pay or
2: you, you get out. Yeah. Right. And uh, as I was going there, th- the one technique that this friend told me at the time is, you know, show them that you have the money. <laughs> Show them that you have the thing because I don't speak the language too. A lot of these street vendors don't didn't really speak English, mm. and uh, and if if uh, they don't like the amount of money that you're holding, put it down. Start to walk away. Show them the money. Walk away a bit. Walk away and just totally walk away. It's actually worked a number of times there. I pissed off every vendor that I went to when I did that. <laughs> But it worked. It worked. But in the end you got the item that you wanted. Yeah, and I probably got cursed too. <laughs> yeah, they probably put a voodoo doll curse or something. You're not
0: allowed it. to come back here no more.
1: Well, they could just not sell it to you if they're so angry about
2: it. Oh right? no, they were they were like swearing up and down. Like I know very few Chinese words and I I recognized all of them because I know a lot of swear words. So That's weird.
1: I remember when I went to Hong Kong with my mom, same thing, street market. I wasn't trying to haggle my mom saw like some sort of wallet thing that she liked and I'm like oh it is kind of cute and they had multiple colors so I just asked the guy like how much it was and I do speak the language so I I spoke in Chinese and he told me how much it was I was like oh okay I'm like "Eh, that's more than I was gonna pay I didn't say anything I'm like oh okay and then I turned around told mom and then we just started walking away not Because we're trying to haggle at -hmm. all. And the guy's like, oh, hey, come back. And we're like, "Huh, what? And he's like, how about I give it to you for this much? And he's like, just slashed it by half. (laughs) And then I'm like, it's not something I need. And then my mom's like, get it. That's a really good price. I'm like, you want it? we We can get it. And then he was just seeing us hesitate. And he just, and he gave, he gave us like another like five bucks off of it or something. And mom's like, just pay here. Here's the money. I'm like,
2: Okay. (laughs) It's interesting that she brought that up because it kind of ties into the episode too. Yeah. Because it's kind of a...
1: How she learned.
2: (laughs) Well, it's kind of a, I guess, a compromise versus like what do you actually want and like what are you willing to give up for Mm. that to get what you want? Like for example okay, like Jordans. When I was looking up this summer because uh, I was trying to do a kimchi cosplay because I bought that kimchi tee yeah. and I wanted to buy shoes because, of course, kimchi and Andrew both wear really nice shoes. So, I was looking up Jordans and they were like easily 100 to 300 bucks depending on what kind of shoes. If you want the even more rare stuff, that's like you're talking thousands of bucks as well. Those are
1: the ones you're not supposed to wear on your feet.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know because I just buy shoes to wear shoes, right? Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, looking around for cheap prices and like so you have the scene where, uh, at this point the guys said, you know, uh, Kanichiwa, that's the only Asian I know, and like you know, you guys are all penny pinchers. And at this point, Jung's kind of saying, well, you know what, I'm just, I just want to get these shoes to to make sure Kimchi's okay, yeah, right. And Shannon's like, you know, you you shouldn't deal with this. He's a racist. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, as they walk away. Of course, I mean the guy's being also sexist at the same time, yep. and uh, he's saying, "Oh, f- uh, thirty dollars off, forty dollars off, fifty dollars off," and that's where they stop, and then they say, "Okay, you know, l- let's let's go." Some things go with are that. just too good to yeah, give up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of it's sort of the same with your mom's story. It's like fifty dollars off, fifty percent off. Yeah. Let's just let's just go for that
1: yeah but I mean, like it wasn't something we needed, right? It was just like, oh, we're tourists. We're in the area. We saw something's cute. You mm-hmm. don't have to buy it. but it's like, oh, he's giving it more and more. like mm-hmm. wow.
2: <laughs> I mean, the other thing that this also touches on is um this guy who's I, I, I wouldn't say he's racist. I would say he's more ignorant., uh, he's probably also sexist as well. And the way that just he treats all
1: roundedly ignorant.
2: I, I would say that he's probably got old world views. Yeah, like, Given that he's probably 60 years old, he's probably set in his ways. He doesn't look Very 60, minded. though. <laughs> yeah, did no. he look 60? No, he, or he didn't did look, look 60. 60. He yeah. probably is in his 50s or late 40s and yeah. had bad aging. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, why don't we talk about this for a bit? Uh, because especially, I mean, I know you grew up in a small town. How would you describe your experiences in Aurelia? Oh, totally. Totally. Totally like how Zhang uh, experience with his little uh, um, shoe
0: hunt. <laughs> and being a really, it is pretty homogenous. And so I'd hear all kinds of funny comments. Like uh, a lot of times kids would come up and be like, oh, Jay, a new Chinese restaurant opened up. And they would be like, oh, are your parents going to go there? I bet you guys go there all the time, right? You're Chinese, mm-hmm. right? And I'd be like, no, I'm Korean. And mm-hmm. so at the time, they would think all Asians are Chinese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I would explain to them, I'm Korean. Then I get a remark back or a comment back going, okay, so what part of China is Korea? Or what part of Korea is China? I'm like, it's a separate country.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember having to go through something similar uh, where I was growing up. But I grew up in a town, Richmond Hill, which is sort of funny because I grew up in a part initially where there were a bunch of Italians. So they at that time did not have a lot of exposure to Asians. Mm. But it was also around the time where the Hong Kong handover back to China was happening. So Mm. we had a sudden influx Influx, of people from Hong Kong. Suddenly was on this Asian overload, like who are all these people? (laughs) But the funny thing was I connected more with like the Italians that I had grown up with and the people that I came from. I didn't really actually hang around a lot of Asians to start with. Mm -hmm. And uh, that changed over the years and uh, it was funny that in my 20s I was talking with a friend who was a teacher at the time and she was saying you know she she was in an area where uh, I guess there was a lot of mixed cultures mm-hmm. uh, she she was teaching in Scarborough and she was saying oh there was this one Asian kid who was suddenly crying in her room and I'm like oh did the kid get picked on because of course you know kids are the cruelest the kids yeah. are the meanest they always mm-hmm. point out things they say what they think they don't yeah. think about There's these no
0: filter, things yeah. why is your hair black <laughs> <laughs> why you eat the why are you using sticks to eat with your food? It's your, <laughs> your food's stinky. It's like, you know, that well, that kind of stuff. Why your food has weird writing on it? Yeah,
2: like I, I can't remember eating rice in class because I was afraid of, you know, confronting, being confronted of having to explain what I'm eating, that these are kind of leftovers from home, right? I'd mm-hmm. have to eat sandwiches.
0: Oh, for sure. I remember sometimes even when I had Korean food, I'd be at the corner of my desk, I'd put the I put my uh, a math textbook or one of the textbooks up to hide what I was (laughs) eating because I was I was embarrassed because I didn't want to be
2: confronted about oh what is that what
0: the heck kind of food is that and go through the whole rigmarole of
2: questioning right Mm. and uh, going back to the story about my friend who was teaching basically in this scenario though that all the kids started to be very supportive of that kid go and offer support hugs you know say you know it's okay don't worry. You know, that kind of thing. And it made me realize of how much things have changed or we've grown up in this really rapid change. And I guess our Mm. parents could say the same. But in our point of view, you know, this change from, hey, what's that funny food to you're eating? It's like, oh, is that bulgogi or something, right? Oh, is that ramen?
0: Oh, my God, I love ramen. Yeah, exactly. Give
2: me that kimchi. (laughs) Hand it over, man. Would you say that really has changed over the years?
0: Oh, definitely. For sure. Because Mm. now if you see... Just the demographics have changed. Even when let's say, for example, you go to a grocery store or go to Walmart, mm-hmm. yeah. Kimchi's found everywhere.
2: <laughs> Even <laughs> in Aurelia? Oh
0: yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah, for sure. And those uh instant it's
2: ramen noodles. Song. Oh wow.
0: So many so many different types of foods now. So as a, like that as an example, you could see difference of um people have been open to
2: Um, different cultures Mm -hmm. more cultures have been exposed all around
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah especially and we were discussing this earlier with the The rise of the internet and social media and all these things. And again, like things like K-pop culture, like people are opening up their minds or have their minds being open to a world in front of them. For
0: sure. Even people coming out of university, a lot of kids, they don't know what to do. So what do they do? They go to a foreign country to teach English. And so so spending a year there or six months or however long the contract is, they become exposed to other cultures. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. they bring that back with them.
2: Mm -hmm. The funny thing in this episode, of course, we're talking about opening ourselves to different cultures, but also uh, opening things up to different products as well. So we, at the end, uh, Jung actually ends up with Air Jorgens
1: <laughs> <laughs> instead of
2: Air Jordans. I like,
1: don't get it. Like, how did he not read that?
2: There's knockoff brands that look exactly
0: like...
1: The, the real, real stuff, firm. yeah. But Even then, right
0: down to the stitching, only difference is that the knockoff brand is made at a, let's say, for example, you have a knockoff Air Jordan. It's not made in a Air Jordan certified factory. Mm. You probably have someone that worked at an Air Jordan factory that took, took all the everything. specs, the yeah. blueprints of whatever shoe, brought it to this factory to have it built using different machines. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be off by maybe one...
2: I socket it for the laces or whatever. And Kara, yeah. uh, your sister had a example of one of those.
0: Oh, a good example was um, a couple of years back, my grandma came back from Korea. And so Korea is known for a lot of knockoff bags. Mm-hmm. And so she bought uh, my sister a knockoff Prada bag. Yeah. Cool. So funny story is one day we're at, Yorkdale Mall, walking around, and some random girl came running up to my sister because she noticed her bag. Oh. and she was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, is that a Prada bag? Where'd you get that? That's the exact bag I was looking for." <clears throat> then she looked at the writing, and instead of saying Prada, it, wrote, it read Praha. <laughs> 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 and she's and she was just pronouncing out the words Praha, and then. Me, I just being a smartass. I go, yeah, that's that's a Korean, that's the Korean Prada, but yeah. in, when they bring it, then when they bring it to Korea instead of a Prada, instead of being a Prada, <laughs> it's a
1: Prada. Praha. Praha. <laughs> oh. <sighs> but yeah. I mean, yeah, like if you if you read it, especially the stuff that are spelled different, if you read it, looked at it, then you would know. So. I felt like Jung wasn't doing his due diligence when he was trying to get this for for Kimchi. He just basically took Shannon's advice and her her expertise in buying used stuff and then just kind of ran with it. <laughs>
2: I think there are a lot of ways it could have gone about doing knockoffs. Mm. Uh, definitely, uh, they could have included things like Pacific Mall, which uh, <laughs> it was included in an article in the States recently. Oh. Yeah, it, where it's basically become notorious for being a center of bootlegs or knockoff things. <laughs> but, oh, I boy. mean, to be fair, there are a lot of places, I think, in any major city that has yes. these knockoff things. Like, you think of Canal Street in In uh, New York City, yes, those
1: sketchy like upstairs and people have closed doors, and then you have to be brought in.
2: Yeah,
0: that's
1: so weird. Or just
0: like certain movie places where the (laughs) (laughs) the storefront looks like a flower shop. But meanwhile, he you don't say anything. He kind of he kind of finger motions you to come to the back room. (laughs) It looks like you're going into a washroom, but. He opens up the door and you see a huge warehouse, (laughs) a factory full of knockoff DVDs or CDs or whatnot.
2: I remember uh, back in the day when uh, some of my friends would buy bootleg games, what they would have to do is put money into a box. The owner would kind of look away at that time. The owner would see the money that's in the box, take the money out of the box, walk to his car, take the games or whatever that he wanted and put it back in the box so the person, my friend, would... Reach into the box to get his game and walk out.
0: So, <laughs> so <laughs> sketchy. Some, some covert tactics. <laughs> yeah.
2: But it, it's funny that uh, places uh, like again, we live in Markham, which is kind of outside this, the outskirts of what's called the Greater Toronto Area, mm-hmm. and there used to be a lot of DVD shops. That yeah, uh, especially in places like Pacific Mall. Suddenly, you would have these. I don't know what they. They were wearing these jackets. I guess to show some authority and they would close these shops. Like probably like one people. or two of these shops and then probably within a week two more shops would open in its <laughs> place <laughs> in the same malls. <laughs> because they would so. try
1: to hide things. Yeah. yeah,
2: But largely a lot of these stores are gone uh, or at least they don't have English content. They have mainly Asian content. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean that's one thing, one way that Kims could have went about it. But in some ways I'm kind of glad that they didn't. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Some guys grew up.
2: So the final scene, of course, uh, Jung has given Kimchi the shoes, and Kimchi, regardless that their bootlegs are not, he's actually happy, which shows how good their friendship is, right? And
1: Kimchi basically said, Oh, these I can actually wear these out. <laughs> cause he cause it's not real, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can
2: even use them to the washroom. It's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> so it, it just shows how strong their friendship is. But yeah, I gotta give uh kimchi credit uh he had again he had like some of the best lines in mm-hmm. in this episode especially uh at the end where shannon is uh oh. telling him you know oh well i'll know where to because i know that all you orientals yeah. do it's like that was racist
1: <laughs> and she's like but but <laughs>
2: So thanks again for joining us, Jay. It's been a really fun episode. It was awesome time here. Thanks again for having <laughs> me here. Always a blast with you guys. Uh, very good. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, if you ha- so if you have any other comments, questions, or stories to share, email them to what you talking podcast at gmail.com or tweet me at myqn82. And now a message from our sponsor. If you suffer from two left feet,
0: I put the boogie woogie back in your step. I stop everyone from going haha when you do the cha cha. I teach everything like Macarena, the twist, learning man. Visit leaddiscorama.ca. I put the soul
2: in your step. Korean style. Until the next time. Okay, see you.